Are, are we doing it, Matt? Are, are, are we doing it live? We're, do, we're doing it semi-live. We're doing it semi-live. That's right, everyone. Hello and welcome to this semi-live edition of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's our 52nd episode, Matt. We've been doing this for, God, a little over a year now, it seems. It is. It's really strange, especially with, like, Cape TV now as well. We've done, like, close to 70 episodes of comic book multiverse podcasts. Yeah, we've done a shit ton of things, Matt. You know, it's hard to believe it was only so long ago we hit about 100 for the old Blood Sweat comics. But, you know, like a phoenix from the ashes, that show became this one. Yeah, and we, we've been doing pretty well with ourselves, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we've come very far. I think we've done some cool shit. And it's really nice to see all the fans who are out here right now. we got at least 24 people watching right now. Thank you for coming out on a Monday night to do this. I know we picked a really, really weird time to do this. It's just kind of the night we record anyway. But if this becomes a regular thing, and God willing, this will become a regular thing over on Matt's channel. Subscribe to him if you haven't already. Uh, we'll definitely be sure to work out all the kinks. I'm sure one thing you'll notice right now, or maybe you don't, if you're watching this on SoundCloud later, uh, you, you have no uh, video of this. We tried to get that working. We tried really hard. It didn't it, quite it make it. It almost worked. It almost worked. We were like sitting here and it's like, okay, it's working. It's working. And then Joel did something and it fucked up. Yeah, it's all my fault. Well, hey, you know what? Big, big ups to uh, Matt for making this work the way that it did because uh, it wouldn't have if not for him. It really wouldn't have. I, I tried very hard with the software and everything. I learned everything in like a day. So, yeah. I think uh, I think some people are saying they have a couple buffering issues now is what they're saying in the chat. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, nothing we can really do about that. Right. But the audio, the audio will be saved, everyone, is what we are trying to get across to you. Right, Matt? Am yeah. I right? Yes, yes. The audio and video will be saved in... Uh, SoundCloud and on our usual places we do the comic multiverse yeah so just try and bear with us live audience here we want to try and get you uh what is it the best quality show we absolutely can if it buffers in and out we apologize for that mm-hmm. so uh so Matt how has your week been pretty cool pretty chill same same here. I set up like a new digital cable box, so that was fun. That was like the extent of my week. Cool, cool. That's what I did, uh, you know, trying to catch up on my shows and everything because, you know, obviously we're going to have to do that because we got another Cape TV coming down the pipeline soon. I've yet to really dig into Legion, but we're going to have to start. Yeah, I started watching the episodes that i didn't end up watching i think i only have like four episodes left and they're they're pretty cool they're pretty cool still same weird sort of stuff yeah don't uh, don't worry comic book fanatic and don't worry everyone else in the chat we will get to thor this is the nice getting to know you period of the show to ease you on in to the hardcore comic talking yep i promise uh i I mean too do we want to hop right into that now because i guess that's the hottest piece of comic news everyone wants to hear about the thor trailer dropped today and what a trailer it was it kind of came out of nowhere as well it was it came out just when i was about to head off to bed so i'm like i'm gonna stay up and wait for this trailer i want to see it 
Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I can't believe it took me this long to realize, man, you know what Thor really needs? Led Zeppelin in his life. <laughs> and it's the perfect song as well for it. It is like, you know, it actually says Hammer of the Gods. It references Valhalla. It is. It is perfect music for it. Mm-hmm. It really is. And beyond that, it just looks cool. They're digging into so much of, you know, Thor's mythology. We get to see what might be uh, Muselheim, whatever, the place of the fire giants, might be hell. We definitely see Hela the goddess in this, and she is just wrecking house in this. Oh, my God. Straight off the bat, we're showing she she goddamn destroys Mjolnir. I hope, I really hope... Kate Blanchett can be every bit as good as Loki was in that first one. I'm hoping she can, you know, kind of break the trend of lackluster Marvel villains. Because just judging from this trailer, it looks like she might be able to. Well, I think, like, maybe they, they'll they probably be going off most recent comics. But maybe she might be involved in Infinity War a little bit. Because, obviously, in, like, uh, mm. the Thanos comics and everything, Hell is kind of... Or in, in the um, Unworthy Thor book as well, Hell is kind of taken the place of death as thor's um she is a mistress parable. of death yeah yeah i could definitely see them going that way with it and if it means we get more of this actress please i hope so yeah it, it looks so great and she's got a big horned helmet and everything she does how great does that look actually ian brings up something interesting in the chat right now he wonders if this version of hella will be loki's daughter like she was in the comics that was a thing but granted, that was like three or four retcons ago. Hela was the daughter of a Loki that doesn't technically exist anymore. The Loki who fought the Avengers originally in their first run. Yeah, I, I don't think they do it. They, they might make like maybe some references to it, like maybe jokingly references or something. But pro mm. probably not. I could see Tom Hiddleston. Who's your daddy? And what does he do? <laughs> Is it me? I have lots of kids. I can't keep track. Yeah. Beyond that, too, we get our first uh, actual talking look at the Grand Master. I think he's great. Yeah, he looks really cool. I, I, I expected a lot from Jeff Goldblum, and uh, he looks mm -hmm. surprisingly weird. He looks a lot like um the Collector in that way. That kind of weird look. He's got like the same sort of uh, makeup on as well as the Collector. Yeah. Well, they are related. They are part of the same family, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if they'll even mention that. I wonder if they'll mention the fact that, hey, you know, the Collector is my kind of brother. Yeah, uh, they might be building towards, like, all these type of people, all these kind of, like, Eternals are kind of related in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, how do you top something as awesome as a superhero fight club, a superhero gladiatorial pit? I know, right? That's that's going to be so awesome to see. Also, too, you know, they're not afraid to let Thor be way funnier in this. Like, he was always a little bit more serious and a little bit more forlorn mm -hmm. in uh, the other two movies. But here he's just straight up cracking jokes. Oh, he's my friend. I know him from work. They They've made him the Thor from those... Uh, little shorts they did for the civil war dvd they, they they're channeling that oh, through yes. them and i'm so glad that's that's a really funny funny thought 
it's a nice place for him to live, I think, as a character. Furthermore than that, you know, the first two Thors, they were very sword and sorcery. They were very fantasy-based. This one is going full-on cosmic, much like how the comics are now. Oh, yeah, definitely. We get to see all sorts of cosmic stuff. It's, it's very Kirby-looking as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I can't wait to see the worlds they build in this Thor thing. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked even if, you know, he runs across a couple Guardians, perhaps. Yeah, may, maybe, maybe. You got to figure they're hanging out in the same part of space and everything, so it would really only make sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a fun time. I mean, so yeah, I mean, Thor killing it could not be more excited for this one i think this has every chance to be the best one of the series yeah oh yeah god yeah it definitely looks really great great and unique as well especially like as you said from the other ones it's really kind of like hardcore sci-fi cosmic sort of thing whereas the other ones were sword and sorcery so yeah I mean, I know I'm in the great minority of people when I say I actually quite enjoyed the first two Thor movies. Definitely the first one more than the second, but I mean, yeah. I, I can see why people kind of look down on them as the quote-unquote lesser of the Marvel movies, but this one seems to just be bringing everything to the party. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, that's that, everybody. That's uh, that's Thor. Looks great. Can't wait. And from, you know, a great high point of Marvel this week to probably one of the biggest low points of Marvel this week. Not that they needed any more egg on their face, but there was a huge controversy. And I, I, you know, I would call it a scandal, actually, scandal more than a controversy that came up this week involving X-Men Gold number one. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. It kind of came out of nowhere. It did. It did. You know, I was expecting that I was going to be fully able to ignore the X-Men. Apparently, I couldn't ignore the X-Men because of this. Uh, uh, artist Adrian uh, Saif, I can't quite pronounce it. But, uh, yeah, he got himself into a world of trouble this week when we found out he was actually putting a bunch of hateful messages coded messages within the first issue referencing the Quran and essentially uh killing Jews and Christians in the Middle East ouch 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 in all books he could put it in he chose an X-Men book yes a book created by two Jewish men currently being written by Mark Guggenheim a Jewish man who in the course of the story Kitty Pride a Jewish character, probably one of the most beloved Jewish characters, becomes the leader of the X-Men. Yeah. That's the comic he put it in. A along with, like, people who, I think, like, um, Colossus is, I think he's an atheist. Um, we've got uh, Nightcrawler, who's a Catholic priest. Um, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Uh, I know we've got more Jewish characters in there. We obviously have Christian characters and everything. And, yeah. Ooh. Just yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Just freaking yikes. I think Kirk Busiak said it the best on Twitter when it's like, oh, what did this guy do? He literally drew himself out of a job. <laughs> he did. And, and the guy actually ha had released a statement where he literally said his career was over because of that. And I'm like, well, serves you right, mate, for putting that in. Yeah, no no fucking shit i read the same thing you did it actually came out not uh long before we started recording and it was all very woe is me woe is me type thing and it's like you know i had to stop and think to myself i'm like has this guy done any other work and yeah he's drawn a couple other comics i enjoyed he did like some batgirl annuals and he did some aquaman 
annuals. But to think that he just came out of the way now and was just like, oh, I'm going to use this X-Men book as like a sounding board for my own personal hatreds. And it's just like, God damn. Now, I don't blame the editor in this situation. A lot of people were throwing, you know, shit at the editor being like, oh, they should have caught this. You're not doing your job and everything. It was a very obscure reference. Yeah, like that the I dude wouldn't put it. I'm sure most of us wouldn't have even known that. Like we would we wouldn't have even known about that unless someone uh, on the Internet said, hey, I know what that all means and told us like we would have no idea. Uh, the chat actually has some good ones here it's not my favorite saying apparently he put similar coded messages in batgirl oh no i i expect like people and, will now uh, start nerd... looking looking into his old issues for stuff like that oh yeah i mean if he did it once he would almost certainly do it again what happened to the good old days matt when you know disney artists would just put you know porn covers and draw dicks in the background what happened <laughs> to the good wholesome days of dicks in the background <laughs> Everyone can laugh at a penis, but no, you got to put a bunch of angry, hate-mongering shit in there. That's that's not good. Another thing Nerd Shark brings up here, you know, everyone hates it rightly so, but that probably won't stop people from buying 50 copies for the future when they become collector's items. He's not wrong, because here's the thing. They did actually put out a full, like, recall of this comic. They very rarely recall comics, and recalled comics often do actually become collector's items. I know I know for one thing that when I saw that, I was like, I, I'm, I'm very tempted to go see if I can buy one of these copies. <laughs> I mean, depending on how many they made, everyone will probably be sitting on one, and it won't probably cost near as much as you think, but still, I could see them doing that. Just, just a really unfortunate... Uh, really unfortunate state of affairs for this what's even weirder was marvel's handling of the whole situation because they pretty much came out and said oh he'll be punished accordingly and all i could think to myself is like don't you mean fired yeah yeah that was Shouldn't really he be weird. fired that was really weird yeah i'm surprised they didn't say fired i guess i think because he's sh he's he's contracted for the next three two or three books so he's probably like quarter way through or halfway through them so i don't know Right, it's either fire him or not get a comic out. I mean, honestly, I I think fans would understand if they were true X Men fans. They would understand. It's like, yeah, we had to make this horrible man go away. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, it seems like he knows what's up. He knows the writings on the wall, and he'll probably never get hired again from anything else. Yeah, a small imprint will probably hire him, or like someone in his home home country like a, an imprint in his home country or something maybe. yeah uh, he, i mean the internet's the internet maybe he'll get a job drawing propaganda comics who knows <laughs> yeah but yeah just just a really unfortunate thing for comic fans for x-men fans just kind of for everybody that whole situation just just not cool man not cool no is all I can really say about it. But moving on from an admittedly really depressing story to a story that I think we'll all say is much more fun and much more entertaining. Hellboy, Mike Mignola's creation, is apparently getting his very own whiskey, Matt. Awesome. Yes, it's a cinnamon whiskey. It's going to be a small batch rollout that you can get in a couple stores all over the United States. Now, there's something that should become a collector's item for a good reason. Hellboy whiskey. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a really cool idea. 
Now, I'm not much of a drinker, but apparently it's a cinnamon whiskey. And I know some people hate cinnamon whiskey, just like, you know, on principle. <laughs> Be like, hey, I'm not a college girl. I'm not going to drink cinnamon whiskey. Give me give me my Hellboy whiskey straight up, please. <laughs> 110 proof or something. Uh, this actually comes on the heel of another comic book company, Valiant, giving Exo Man of War and other characters their own beers. Yeah, I, I saw that last week, yeah. That's a cool idea. That sounds like something they should do more of. Hey, chat, because this is a live show and we can interact with you, what hero do you think should get their own booze, and if so, what kind of booze should it be? I mean, obviously, Logan should get his own kind of Canadian beer. Yeah. Is he a beer drinker, or do you think he's like a scotch or a whiskey guy? I think he drinks whatever's around, honestly, but I think, you know, a Canadian Wolverine-like uh, beer would be would be really great. But would it be an IPA or would it be a lager? Hmm. This seems like something we need to dig through the comics to find out what his exact, uh, what his exact uh, taste would be in this situation. <laughs> who, uh, who else would get one? Uh, oh, I mean, uh, Martian Manhunter would need to get his own absinthe because it's green just like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite. Had a good one there saying Jessica Jones would get her own line of booze called Who Needs Friends? <laughs> Ned, Ned Shark says he needs, uh, Tony Stark needs one called Demon in a Bottle. That's a good idea. Oh, oh, that's so obvious. That's so good. And like the picture on the label would literally just be the picture of him from the comic <laughs> where he's all freaking out. He's all disheveled. <laughs> oh my God. That's a, that would sell. Like you could only, you would only have to make a little of those and they would sell really, really good. <laughs> Amazo uncle Ben's dead man moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> so you like drink it and just die. <laughs> just die and say with great power comes great responsibility you didn't know that that uncle ben was a moonshine drinker but he is <laughs> uh batman would of course need to be one of those like really dark liquors what's that stuff oh it's it's like greek it tastes like uh black licorice which means i hate it because i don't like the taste of black licorice what's I... that stuff not not ouzo i have no idea it's something like that. Batman can be one of those. <laughs> oh, amaz uh, Amazing Zero with another one. Roy needs a drink called an eight ball. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, that's sad, but true. <laughs> yeah, you, you only need one and it ruins your life. You drink enough eight balls and before you know it, you're wearing your trucker cap on backwards. <laughs> oh, oh, that's sad, but that's funny. This is this is a whole game we could play, you know, what uh, what hero would be what booze or what cocktail. <laughs> we need like some girly drinks for the uh for the female hero there. There's got to be like a drink like a Starfire or a Black Canary. Ooh, a Black Canary is just a white russian but you use chocolate milk. There, there you go. There you go, man. That's what we need to make for the next comic multiverse uh, live show. We need to mix ourselves up some Black Canaries. <laughs> Oh, Dante Turtle with a good one. Matt Murdock's drink would be the piss because that's always where his life ends up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, it's it's one part's Catholic guilt, one part apple juice, and one part whatever booze you have left over. <laughs> <laughs> From the night before of horrible drinking. 
Oh, this is good, Chad. This is this is why we like doing live shows because we can talk directly and you can interact. This is this is fun. <laughs> oh man. So uh, I guess moving on from there. Again, there wasn't a hell of a lot of news this week, but I figure once we're done with the news, we can just take questions directly from the chat. All uh, all people who stuck around there for when they did. Uh, so hey, Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Everyone remembers that one, right? That's a story that's usually on top of people's lists of like uh, Deadpool stories that they read and really enjoyed. Well, apparently it's getting a sequel now, just in time for the Deadpool movie sequel. Oh, what what a coincidence. I know, right? Ain't it funny when that happens, Matt? When, you know, the times just totally line up to it? Yeah, yep. I, I, I mean, it's it's literally called something to the effect of Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. <laughs> I don't know how you do a story like that. Maybe he jumps universes and starts killing more of the Marvel universe in another universe, or if it's just like a complete and utter do-over of Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Yeah, I never read the first one, so yeah. Neither did I. Everyone tells me you need to read it. I never read the first one. I I haven't read any of those. Maybe th- those kill the Marvel universe books. No, maybe maybe that makes me a bad fan. Maybe that makes me a bad fan because I never read them. It's just, you know, the title itself, you know, always kind of turned me off because I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a LARF. I get it. <laughs> you know, it, it's a LARF. It's a farce. It's whatever you want to call it. But people seem to enjoy it, and I'm sure it'll sell a million copies in the lead up to uh, to his new movie. I'm sure people will be clamoring for new Deadpool books. So, hey, more power to him. Am I right? Yeah, the the one thing I'm always interested in is when they do something like this, how many variant covers it gets. Mm, oh, for Deadpool 2, probably a million. Yeah, pro- one from every artist that's ever worked in comics ever. Even the dead ones. <laughs> it's going to be... Oh, yeah, Jack Kirby comes back from the grave <laughs> to draw one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, a billion copies. And a billion copies, Rick and Morty, and a billion copies, Dan. <laughs> Kills the Marvel Universe too in a billion years. <laughs> Hello, Web Slinger. Hello, everyone else who's still filtering into this. So that basically does it for news this week. It was a very slow week. There was some big stuff, there was some small stuff. I guess, Matt, what do we want to do now? Maybe I'll ask the chat this. Do we want to hop directly into what we read this week for you guys, or should we take a couple questions from the chat and then hop on over into what we read this week? Let's see what the chat says. Chat, yeah. chat, uh, chat wants nine more seasons, so <laughs> nine more seasons of this show. You got it, chat. We will do just that. Also, too, chat. I think there might be a bit of a delay on this, on top of the buffering issue. Again, we're sorry. This is our first time doing this. It's our first time. Be gentle with us. <laughs> uh, Go says he wants to hear books first. Okay. So let's see what everyone else has got to say. So far, Ghost is the only one to vote. Okay, Dante wants chat. So that so that's two one talk chat. Again, if you want some questions, get some good ones in. A thousand episodes, comic multiverse, Marty, and a thousand episodes more. <laughs> Nerd Shark wants some chat. Okay, if you want some chat, then guys, you know, start uh, start asking us up some questions. Oh, uh, Jose saying there, anyone excited for Injustice 2 comics out tomorrow? I guess, Matt, you were, you were Mr. King Injustice, so that's starting up again soon. Yeah, next, uh, this week, actually, and I am excited because it's Tom Taylor writing it again. 
Uh, so I know it's going to be decent because mm. he started off all of this. Yeah, I, uh, I I forgot to catch up, and I feel like maybe I should because I've seen all the money that everyone else has made about talking about Injustice and all the crazy view counts they've gotten, and I'm like, maybe I should hop into this. I don't know. Just read years one to five and skip ground zeros. Yeah, I'll do that. Roger Briggs with an old one saying, hey, Joel Verine, you ever going to play more God Hand? Uh, probably not, because God Hand lives on my PlayStation 3, and I can't go back to stream in the old way. <laughs> the old PlayStation 3. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you read Royals number one, Joel? I did not. Matt, what would you think of it, Matt? I thought it was really cool. It was a much better uh, first issue in this new era of Inhumans than X-Men Gold was um and we because we actually got some actual plot and, and it, it was really cool i i'm not going to spoil it until what we read this week but um it was really cool yeah well i mean you could spoil it if you wanted i was basically giving you free range to talk about it but that's fine we'll I'll, talk about it then then yeah in honor of the rick and morty episode what series arc slash one arm man for the comic multiverse overall uh what does that mean does that mean what one we really liked or what would ours be oh freaking that's right web slinger i do want me some yeah i I don't understand rephrase that one (laughs) wade mccarley with another old reference are you ever going to finish that dbz movie review series i don't know probably not with all the comics also, Web Slinger saying Joel wants that Mulan Szechuan sauce. I do. I watched a whole uh, cooking video by Babish where he basically cooked up three different versions of what he thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Soapy Phil, what's up with the broken up superhero art for the comic multiverse Podbean SoundCloud thumbnail? I don't know, Matt. You made that one. Ask him about it. I don't know. It's just a design I made. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on the animated films coming out this year? Yeah, I guess we got a fair amount. We got that new animated Spider-Man movie coming out. That should be fun. When's that come out? Because I've heard literally nothing about it. I think they've moved it around a little bit. Uh, does uh, does that does Wreck-It Ralph 2 come out this year where they take on the internet? I like Wreck-It Ralph. I think that was next year. Oh, right, because animation takes a long time. Oh, Locked on Target TV had a good one here. Squirrel Girl is getting a TV show. Yeah, it was supposed to be a New Warriors show, but now it's like Squirrel Girl and the New Warriors, where she's like uh, like actually in the lead. Now, I think that's so funny how her star has risen so much now that, you know, it's Squirrel Girl and the others. Yeah, that, that's definitely really interesting. I like Squirrel Girl. I, I haven't read her actual book, but I've like seen her when she's interacted with like uh x23 and like a bunch of other heroes and she's always been really fun yeah i i read the first couple issues and i thought it was funny i like she fought craven the hunter and i'm like that's a really good that's a really good one for them to fight yeah uh wait again have i seen the judas contract yeah wasn't crazy about it i like (laughs) justice league versus teen titans more as crazy as that is to think the judas or no, go ahead, Matt. I was gonna say everyone knows I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, you have. Apparently, you caught some major shit for your take on it. I know, it's one of my most viewed videos. Dang. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing about the Judas contract is it's about a lot of stuff. It's the first time we see Robin become Nightwing. It's the first time we get 
uh, Deathstroke's origin story. It's the first time, you know, Jericho gets introduced into the Teen Titans. There was a lot of stuff to cover. The movie really boils it down to its basic, most straightforward parts. And I don't think a lot of that makes for an interesting movie a lot of the time. No. It also kind of looks like it was made on the cheap, but as I mentioned before, I have it on very good authority. These DC animated films get made for cheaper and cheaper. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, Sophie Phil saying, I'm amazed you got more shit for your Judas contract review than you did for Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad. Dude, it really surprised me because I like put it up and then like went out and then came home, went to bed, got up and checked it. And I was just copping so much shit from it. Like, I didn't What the fuck was going on? You know what I think it is? I think people are defensive of the DC animated universe because it's like the last bastion of genuinely good shit. And like people, people are where I was a while ago where they're like kind of a denial period. Like, no, no, the animated movies are as good as them since Flashpoint. There's no problem. They're fine. They've all been good. They've all been fine. Well, the problem is they try and like shove it into that that weird new 52 universe they're building but it's not the new 52 mm. it's just so weird what they've been doing with them hey did uh, did we talk about the batman harley quinn animated movie last week or am i just remembering things wrong uh you know i can't actually remember uh should be interesting because it's going back to the original batman the animated series art style and they got lauren lester back the original voice of nightwing who hasn't been involved in any of these ever this will be his first appearance so i'm really happy about that yeah it seems really cool yeah you know, paul dini's back though the like screenshots we saw of it they, the art looks kind of weird i'm just gonna put it down to it being unfinished but uh it, it yeah it looks so strange they like got like the new the new s s sort of stuff they're doing with the the new movies but with paul dini's art so it looks really weird yeah yeah i mean i i, I hold out hope for it that maybe it won't take itself so damn seriously that's been a big issue with the last couple dc animated movies they just took themselves too goddamn seriously yeah that's that's why i like justice league versus teen titans because you know there was like some fun teenage exuberance there that was missing ah see dng477 brought up a really interesting point that i was actually going to mention in my review if i made one i might be a little too late now but he says why was beast boy like why does he look exactly the same in the flashback from the beginning of the movie as he does in modern times why is he forever a teen even though he should be the exact same age as dick now uh cheap animation that's an excellent question. I thought the same thing because it's like, oh, isn't it creepy that Slade is forcing himself on this teenage girl? I'm like, well, apparently uh, Beast Boy is old enough to know better, so. <laughs> and he's being very pushy too, which admittedly he absolutely was in the original comic. He was very pushy on that girl back then, and the fact that they kept that in the new movie is interesting <laughs> Yeah, Zero's right. At what point does Beast Boy stop being Beast Boy and start being Beast Man? <laughs> That's a good question, eh? Because he's always been Beast Boy. Or Changeling. Sometimes yeah. he calls himself Changeling when he gets a little bit older. But you're right. I guess he can't be Beast Man because then you'd probably have to pay the He-Man people because they'd be like, nah, Beast Man. <laughs> <laughs> they'd send Skeletor after you. 
Oh man, see, there's there's a crossover right there. Teen Titans, uh, He Man. I know they did one with Justice League He Man, so they need that joke just so they can have He uh, Beast Boy and uh, <laughs> Beast Man meet each other. That's what they need. Yeah, that'd be great. Are you my dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you my dad? No, no. Will you be my dad? Because my dad is really shitty. Actually, my dad is shitty. Uh, what is it? Uh, Xavier. Of the DC universe. <laughs> People forget that, that Beast Boy's dad is a real piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tevye brings up an interesting point, too. Yeah, Donna Troy shows up out of nowhere at the end of this movie, which makes me think they'll continue on with these. Is it Donna Troy or is it, um, who's the other, who is the other Wonder Girl? Um. Oh, Casey Sandsmark? Yeah. She has dark hair, so she's probably Donna. She's probably the yeah. original Wonder Girl, which makes me think, man, I would love to see the animated universe take a crack at her origin story because it is <laughs> fucking nuts. Are we going to use the new 52 or are we going to use like the one that came a couple of issues later or the one that's now being told in Titans? <laughs> They're they're all nuts and they almost all make no sense. I like know. they are all – she is what – she is Wolverine levels of what is wrong with your history. <laughs> like you think she would be so simple, but she's not. Like if you ask me explain Wonder or explain Donna Troy's origin, I'd be like, I can't. I literally can't. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's like her and Cable are the other one where it's like, oh, explain their stories. Nope. <laughs> not gonna. Not gonna do any. Uh, Dante Turtle, Matt and Joel, you have a billion dollar budget. You have to adapt one Marvel or DC event into a movie. What do you choose? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, well, first I'd be asking who the fuck trusted a billion dollars to us. Yeah, yeah, that person, you know, is going to get fired very soon and they probably <laughs> deserve it. Also, do I have to spend all the billion dollars on a film or can I pocket a little for myself? Can I make like a shitty animated film and just pocket the rest? <laughs> yeah, can I fly to Korea and like get my own animation studio and be like, draw, draw this for me? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I mean, I'm sure you would probably want to do something Superman related when you probably do like a good Superman or. I, I, I wouldn't do an origin story for Superman. Everyone already knows his origin. It's true. I'd just do one. Just What, you know, uh, what set, would you do? Set a couple of years into his career. You know, he's fighting Lex Luthor or Metallo or someone. Just just a fun film. Yeah. I, I think he said event. I think it would be really fun to do like a forever evil just completely blow people away where it's like here's all these evil versions of batman superman and wonder woman from another universe and here's all these dc universe villains led by lex luthor who needs to stop them yeah that'd, that'd be pretty cool and, and, and think, the good thing is like with writing the film you could probably make it better than the actual event was you could and i mean the fact that snyder's justice league acts so evil anyway you could just cast them as the crime there you go Half the cast already there. <laughs> just to just to really fuck with people, have them be in the role. That would be a good one. <laughs> Amazing Zero, what about Amazon's attack? Hey, you know, you could do a better version of Amazon's attack with some money that would actually be kind of interesting. Superheroes versus Amazons. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Hmm. 
Tevye saying, would you adapt uh, Superman Reborn for an animated movie? I think you can make a pretty good animated movie out of Superman Reborn. I'd have to do a couple of movies beforehand before doing that one. You confuse the fuck out of people. It's, it's true. It's... It's true, it's tight and concise, but yeah, you would need to explain that Superman went away for a bit, had a kid, and came back. Yeah. A lot of what's, a lot of what's great about it is only great because you know the continuity surrounding it is the thing. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the big issue with it, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, Nerd Shark, Justice League vs. Suicide Squad, I think that could make a really good animated movie too, actually, because it's also short, concise, and you don't need to know much. And it's a Suicide Squad, so it'd sell. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you meet Zack Snyder, what would you guys do? I would say, hey, I would be very nice, but I would try and feel out what sort of human being he was. Yeah, in interviews, I get he's he's kind of like this guy. Who, he'd probably be pretty cool to hang out with, but yeah, I, I don't know. Mm, comic book uh, fantastic with another good one there. Would you rather have good comic book movies but not so good comics or bad comic book movies but really good comics? Hmm. Well, if you had bad comic books and good comic book movies, wouldn't the comic book movies be based off the bad comic books so they'd be bad themselves? Well, I think he means like right now where it's like, you know, all all comics turn to shit, but all comic book movies are 10 out of 10 from now on. Oh, man, don't make me ask that. I know that's like a real like who who do you love more, your mother or your father? Yeah, I, I can't choose that. I mean, I guess if you really twisted my arm, I've lived a majority of my life with really bad comic book movies when they weren't making good ones, you know, pre you know, uh, like Marvel Cinematic Universe pre like Nolan uh, fixing up Batman there for at least a, two movies and a half. I, I'm used to living in that world. So I guess I would go there also as a comic book YouTuber. I can make way more videos about comic books than I could about comic book movies. Yeah, and, and way more about bad comic books. People love hearing about bad comic books. Yeah. Which, you know, it's funny because, you know, you and I are basically our own bosses, Matt. We get to basically choose whatever we review. And I know some people have complained on my own channel, you know, why do you always score things so high? Why are your scores so high? I'm like, because I read what I like, and I really like what I read. That's why. Yeah, same, same. I've been trying to, like, read books that I know I probably won't like or books that I don't really know a lot about that could lead me to like them or not like them. But, yeah, I usually just choose books I know I'm going to like. I mean, I mean, really, the only books from, like, the DC Rebirth that I stopped reading completely were Suicide Squad and Justice League, because I just thought they were, you know, not up to snuff. I wouldn't even call them really bad. They were just kind of boring. And even books that I've fallen off of and have every intention to get back to reviewing on the channel, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman, are still really good. They're just kind of hard to talk about. Yeah, and again, like, with the amount of comics we read every week and review every week, it gets hard. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Webslinger saying, hey, Matt and Joel, what about Jimmy Hudson in X-Men Blue? We kind of touched on this before, the son of the ultimate Wolverine showing up in the main universe. Do we really need any more Wolverine characters? Oh, uh, apparently we do. <laughs> I mean, we've got Old Man Logan, we've got Laura, we've got uh, possibly Dakin if they ever bring him back. OG Wolverine if they ever bring him back. Don't dilute the Wolverine brand. We are we are dangerously close to maximum Wolverines as it stands right now. 
Yeah, I imagine we. I wonder if they're going to do like like a um a, a Wolverine verse or something, a Wolverine verse, like <laughs> like Spider Verse but yeah, Wolverines. They, <laughs> yeah, they keep threatening a Venom verse. <laughs> yeah, they kept threatening a Venom verse, so I don't doubt they would go that way if they really had to. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing Zero. So, guys, Cyborg still has a book. He does a nice fan. I'm sorry your name is escaping me right now. I get too many messages, but he actually straight up gave us his own little review of like, and this is what's happening in Cyborg right now. Apparently, he's fighting a friend from childhood who created like a Matrix video game program. He had to go in to fight him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cyborg's been busy, apparently. Yeah, it sounds like he's it. Been very, very busy. Yeah. So the 33 people still watching right now, uh, any more questions that you're burning to ask uh, or should we hop into what we read this week? I'm not saying we won't come back to questions. I'm just saying, you know, for show purposes, for re-uploading this later. And again, sorry about any buffering issues or anything you're running into. We'll definitely upload a good, clean audio version of this later if you've been having trouble. But uh, yes, any any more burning questions before we hop right on into what we read this week? Anyone? Oh, hey, Generation Wes, you slept on in when I didn't see you. He's good at doing <laughs> How that. would I adapt Futures and Tevia? <laughs> How would I adapt Futures and Tevia? I wouldn't because I'm smart. <laughs> Just read Spencer's Astonishing Ant-Man run from going back and seeing how much he liked it. Well, that's good. It's my not my favorite. I really enjoyed that Ant-Man run. I had a newfound respect for the character after reading that. Cool. Ooh, what Netflix series would you like to see? I assume he means uh, what comic-based Netflix one. Uh, I mean, honestly, everything they're doing right now on Marvel seems good. I'm super stoked we're getting a Punisher Netflix show. I never thought that would happen. Yeah, and, and that's coming very soon, apparently. Yeah, from what I understand, there was that fan poster that had everyone all excited. Yeah. Uh, yes, Trenton Brown, I did read the Samurai Jack comic. Uh, that was Jim Zub who wrote that. He's Canadian. He actually teaches one of my friends art at school. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to check that one out. Yeah, Amazing Zero, Moon Knight on Netflix, definitely that's a possibility. So is Blade. So is a lot of things we didn't think were possible could be possible now. Yeah, I'd like a Blade series. That'd be mm. really cool. They Oh, a great one from Roger Briggs here. If you want a Netflix Blade show, who would you get to pe uh, play Blade? Hmm. I mean, a, a lot of the people I would want, I think, are a little too old now. They probably want someone a little younger. Uh, is Morris Chestnut still in stuff? I think so. Every now and then. <laughs> How old is Morris Chestnut? He is. Oh, wow. Morris Chestnut is almost 50. God damn. <laughs> Yeah, he's a little too old to play Blade. That being said, doesn't look a day over 30. You know, dude looks really good for his age. I mean, I don't watch that show Empire, but I'm sure Empire has a lot of great young actors who could probably be Blade. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to remember what the guy who I'd want to play. He was in the, that um that O.J. Simpson show. Um, uh, mm, what's his name? His, right. his name? His name is escaping me. At the moment, I can't remember what it is for the life. Oh, Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> Sterling K. Brown? Let me Google this Sterling K. Brown. He's, he sounds like a fancy London gentleman. Yeah. Hello, I'm Sterling the, K. The, Brown. The, the only problem with that is, is that he's in Black Panther. <laughs> oh, damn it. So you can't double dip. Fuck. 
But I, See, I don't know who he's playing in Black this. Panther. I don't know who he's playing, though. That's see, that's the real problem with this Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's getting so big now and sucking up so many good actors. You can't double dip anymore. <laughs> My, yeah, Michael J. White as Blade. Yeah, again, I think you fall into that problem where he's a little too old now for the role. But like twenty years ago, yeah, yeah, twenty years ago, definitely. Uh, who, who's the guy from Dexter? Surprise, motherfucker! Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> He's pretty good. He he can he can yell and be cool. I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. Let, let him be Blade. Be Blade. Yeah, I imagine he can up. Uh, he can ice skate uphill. Ah, uh, some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill. Am I right? <laughs> Dante Turtle saying Tom Jane should get a chance to be Moon Knight. He deserves some redemption. Yeah, kinda. I would say in this new Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm surprised they haven't brought Tom Jane in into something. And Tom Tom Jane was such a good Punisher. He he really was. You know, he was he was the right Punisher in the wrong movie. And Soapy brings up again, saying, "Wasn't uh, Alfred Woodward in both Luke Cage and Captain America: Civil War as two different characters? Sterling can double dip." You're right, uh, Soapy. You're right about that. Woodward was, but I think her character was only there for like two seconds, though. Is the thing like it was a walk on and a walk off. Yeah, it was, she was hardly in. She was just that in that that one scene near the start of the film. Right, she she uh, she was the one uh, getting all up in Tony's face, right? Yeah. Okay, one last one from Nerd Shark because I think this is a really good one because it uh, ties into what we were talking about. Then we'll talk about what we read this week. What DLC characters would you like to see for Injustice? Well, I I mean, uh, I'm already. Oh no! Go ahead. Oh, I know they've already got like ten characters ready for DLC, so it could be oh, anyone. Oh, of course, don't they always? Yeah. I mean, we already got we already got Darkseid coming as DLC because hey, he'll probably play a part in that new movie. Uh, I mean, I'm already kind of set for characters because I got Green Arrow and I got Bane and I got Captain Cold, and Captain Cold looks like one of those characters I want to get good at. Yeah, he he looks pretty good. I'd like to see um the the new Superman, Keenan Kong. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chinese Superman, yeah, he would be a cool fit into that and have his powers work a little bit more different than Superman's because he, he's young and he's starting out and he doesn't quite have mastery over them yet. Yeah, and he's learning Kung Fu at the moment, so. Oh, there you go. That would be some fun shit. Um, they got Cheetah in there. They got Gorilla Grodd in there, which is awesome because I'm like, yeah, don't don't make it all humans. Think outside the box and do some non-human characters. Uh, Atrocitus, yet another good one, because it's like, yeah, you could do a whole fighting game basically just with the Lantern Corps. Ah, yes, Despero, chat, you're right. Despero would oh, be God. an excellent choice, because he's, he's a big, hulking alien with psychic powers. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Uh, uh, Rose Wilson, Ravager, her dad was in it, just, you know, Deathstroke, but a sexy lady. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, uh, John Kent, yeah, I mean, it would be funny to make him DLC now because he's so big in the comics. Like, have him be grown up a little bit and have him show up. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I don't know how you would. Ex- yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how, how you'd explain that. it in that world. <laughs> because Lois was pregnant, then she wasn't anymore because she died. Uh, oh yeah, definitely Nerd Shark, Jonah Hex. I've been pitching Jonah Hex since the beginning. I don't think anyone would cream their jeans over Jonah the same way I do <laughs> if he was to show up. 
He'd have such a great move set though, because he could lasso you in for attacks. He could hit you with a tomahawk. He could shoot you with his gun. Ah, yeah, booster gold, definitely Daniel D. Yep, booster gold. That's an excellent one. Uh, Mary Marvel, yeah, her too. What if Shazam was a sexy lady? Yeah, Mary Marvel would actually be really cool because Shazam dies in the first game. So like having her like come back for revenge against Superman would be pretty cool. That would be really, really cool. <laughs> arm fall off boy. Yes, Sophie, arm fall <laughs> off boy. The greatest DLC character. I think uh, I think someone else said Rorschach too. Rorschach would be amazing because they could do it now. Yeah, I guess, I guess they could, eh? What Rorschach's ability hits you with hot oil, punches you in the face repeatedly over and over again, speaks in sentence fragments. Oh, you know what another good one would be? Like Super Dickery Superman from like the 1940s. That'd be a fun one. Oh, the one where he'd like leave people in burning buildings and shit just to teach them a lesson and <laughs> or like throw them across yeah, a river we... or something or trip them over. Or... <laughs> yeah, we, we need that Superman, you know, with just like his uh, with the old symbol and everything. And like his entrance is the, is just like that famous comic panel you've seen. Like, you know, bite the pillow, uh, Billy, I'm going in dry. There you go. You, you, call, you call him like 1940s comic cover Superman. He's like stealing Jimmy Olsen's tears <laughs> and everything, and <laughs> just that total dickbag Superman. That's the winner right there. <laughs> That's definitely the oh, uh, Amatapia. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. A guy who can't talk and who only speaks in comic book uh, catchphrases. Oh yeah, Big Barda. There's an interesting one. Yeah. I I played the shit out of Big Barda. And you have her finishing move. She calls in Mr. Miracle, her husband, as like a striker. That'd be a good one. That'd be pretty cool. You see, chat, you can't start talking about Injustice with us like this because we'll, this will literally just be the show from now on, us just thinking of cool characters who should show up. Well, you know, Injustice 2 is coming out and every channel ch turns into an Injustice fight channel, so why not the comic multiverse? That's true. <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to definitely stream some of that because we'll be streaming via the PlayStation. We promise it'll be less buffery and less shitty. Uh, but yeah, I actually hopped back into Injustice just recently to try and remind myself how to play because it's been so long. Yeah, and I recently just bought it. I I feel like such an idiot because I'm figuring out moves that I never figured out the first time I played it. <laughs> Like, I'm figuring out how to make combos go longer now. I'm figuring out that if you press a certain button, you can actually use a little of your meter to make your move better. Uh, I learned how to do different types of arrows for green arrow, and I'm like, God damn it. Man, I really messed up on this the first time. <laughs> but hey, enough about video games, everybody, starring superheroes. Let's talk about some comic books that are also starring superheroes. Matt, how was your week this week for comics? pretty good it was actually a pretty average week in terms of like the amount of books i was reading but i read some pretty cool ones and the first one i read was superman issue 20 mm, the fallout of superman reborn there's we need to have a talk about jonathan there's something wrong with jonathan <laughs> there is something wrong with jonathan but not just jonathan hamilton county as well mm-hmm Nice, uh, nice bit of continuity. They bring back that weird dairy farmer. There might be something wrong with him, don't you know? Yeah, something wrong with him or something wrong with his cow. Yeah. 
So I, I, yes, I, yes, I've, definitely. I have no idea what it would be. It looks kind of like a symbiote sort of thing uh, when it attacks Batman near the end, but I, I honestly have no idea what it could be. I, I keep pitching like maybe it has something to do with the Eradicator since he's coming back. Mm-hmm, possibly. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, possibly. My favorite moment of this issue by far is when Batman and Damien show up on the Kents farm. Oh, and they are the Kents now. Now that everything has been fused together, they don't have to use their assumed names anymore. When he shows up at the Kent farm, they're like, meet me out in the barn. We need to talk. And there's this big storm raging and Lois just comes out with her flashlight. It's like, would you idiots please come inside and sit down like normal people? <laughs> yeah, at the Kent farm, we sit down at the table and eat pie eat pie which batman does not eat batman does not eat pie and of course in my filthy mind i'm just thinking they're like oh batman doesn't take many trips down south hey he's a, he's a bit of a selfish <laughs> lover huh yeah that makes sense <laughs> batman doesn't do that shit honey uh-uh <laughs> not on batman's watch and then he freaking uh, uh smoke bombs down and gets the hell out of there <laughs> But, I mean, this issue kind of confirmed something that we had been thinking for a bit there, and it's this idea that Jonathan might very well be more powerful than Superman already. Yeah, we've seen kind of hints of it throughout the, the 20 issues where he's he's kind of been a bit more faster than his dad or his heat vision has been a bit stronger. And, it's all, and the good thing is it's all been in situations where he's away from the farm as well. Yeah, wow, that's really good continuity, Matt. I didn't think about that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess, too, moving forward, I know one of the covers was showing him, like, exploding right there, and it kind of hit me there. I wonder, could this be remnants of, like, New 52 Superman's solar flare ability? Did he somehow pass that to him? Is that a power John's going to have now? Um, maybe, because, remember, he did have the red energy of that superman in him for a time mm -hmm. makes more sense for him to have the power too because obviously the way they worked the solar flare power you know you use it you expend all the solar energy that's inside you and then you're human for 24 hours john's already half human so yeah it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do with him and then we know he's not going to like die or anything because he's got his own book so no of course i wonder if they're ever going to give like a like a reason as to why john might be more powerful than his dad i i just assumed in my own nerdy head can it's like well because he's already half human and because humans are used to absorbing and using yellow sun radiation just for millions of years maybe that's why he's just a better sun absorber than his dad yeah he's he's more used to it and it's more efficient or something that's that's what i got from it because i mean humans we get a lot of shit from the sun that we planted mm -hmm. like we really do and imagine if it also gave you superpowers on top of it yeah as the chat's mentioning too you know imagine if at the end of this story connor came back yeah that's kind of like a ticking clock like when is connor if ever gonna come back i i think he is gonna come back very soon or, or at least hopefully he does come back very soon he has to like he's still in this world somewhere like where the fuck is he sitting with his thumb up his ass is what he's doing <laughs> wait until they need him it's going to be interesting too because connor hasn't met this new superman yet everyone else has met him he hasn't yeah so maybe the 
I'm just gonna I'm keeping I'm still hanging on to this but maybe he's gonna become Superboy Prime (laughs) wouldn't that be some shit I know you and everyone else who's reading Superman is really clamoring for a return Superboy Prime why is that why do people want to see that just because it's cool no like he's he's a pretty big enemy of like the whole DC universe as well like he's like a world ending or universe ending threat like he punched a universe out of existence like he's really powerful yeah and and brought red hood back to life in doing so i mean i guess now that we know this dc universe is the same one we always know it's not a matter of if he's out there it's a matter of if one he's going to come back so yeah well no like the last time we saw him he was trapped in the source wall so all it takes is the source wall to be destroyed which happens more times than you would think. Good job breaking it, Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, he's broken it a couple of times. Fucking hell, man. We got one job, mind the wall, and you can't do it. Jon Snow's looking at you like, hey, jerk, I mind this wall. The watcher on it and shit is what I am. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was Superman for this week, and I think we can both agree it was pretty damn solid, right? Yeah, it was really great. You know, you know what was kind of less solid, though? Uh, Batman number 20. Did you read Batman number 20? I did. Boy, what an anticlimactic end to a story arc. I I think this comic is a perfect microcosm for Tom King's run in general on Batman. He'll lead you along, and you'll be like, wow, that was great. Wow, that was awesome. Wow, I'm really enjoying this. And then just like, you know, hey, you want a cool ending? Yeah. Okay, well, instead we're going to sit down, and I'm going to recap my entire series up until this point, and I'm going to tell another story about why I think Batman's not particularly good at what he does. And then I might pat it out a little bit, and uh, then it'll be over. Yeah, and then, because uh, that's and then, what uh, I do. Batman will kill Bane with a with a headbutt, or not kill him, like knock him out. Yeah, cold. man. Who? who... <laughs> yeah, who was booking that match, Russo. That's almost as bad as the finger poke of death. If I'm going to use more wrestling terms here, I... come on, Batman. You need a flashier finisher than a headbutt. I, I said that in my review. Like he, he's able to like stop this was basically a human drug-fueled insane train with a headbutt. <laughs> really really disappointed. Like come on man, uh, come on Batman, at least at least give him a DDT on the concrete, man. At least give him a bat DDT out of nowhere. <laughs> give him a choke slam, do something to him. But no, a headbutt. That's how he does it. That's unfortunate. I I know a lot of people were saying too and even Tom King uh, mentioned that this was kind of ridiculous. A lot of people were running with the idea. You, even our good uh, friend uh, Josh Hybrid saying there that you know this comic does something it's never done before. It actually reveals Bruce's middle name. <laughs> like that's that's the new thing that Tom King brings to this. Yeah, but I bet you didn't know his middle name though. <laughs> yeah, see, I changed. No, everything. and I never cared. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't deny that you put a mark on this now for the first time ever. We know his middle name. You know what it should have been if I was writing it? It would have been Thomas, or it would have been a Bruce Martha Wayne. Is what it would have been. <laughs> Just to fuck with people, I'd put that name in there. Why did you say that name? Why did you say my middle name? <laughs> yeah, exactly amazing, Zero. His middle name is Who Cares, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, uh, it was it was kind of funny too that you know in his weird coma state he sees his mother there and everything not his father i i theorized in my own video the reason we don't see his father is because we'll probably be seeing thomas wayne again in the button as the flashpoint batman yeah and they probably didn't want to confuse anyone they didn't want to double up on that right before they end up doing that story but yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing about this too, and the moment where I probably liked the comic its most, but it ended up betraying this thing I liked, is we get to see Batman have a mission statement, which he's never really had before, and that is, you know, I need to save Gotham Girl, I need to, you know, have her replace me because I'm getting older, my sidekicks are moving up and growing out of that, going out of the house, I'm basically having a midlife crisis as a superhero. Yeah, he he wanted he saw, I guess, I the, the part I did like was that how he saw like gotham girl and in an extent gotham as these people who couldn't get hurt whereas everyone before him was someone who could get hurt but now comes these people who want to protect gotham who have superpowers and can't get hurt and one of them turned out to be a raging psychopath and the other one's just a broken woman so (laughs) perfect yeah but bad yeah, and Batman's going to fix that. And I like they have a moment there where his mother says, you know, you never you never needed a good death to make me proud. You know, you can let go now. You can let all of this madness come to an end. And Batman's like, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Just nah. And it's like, well, you know, you don't need this girl to replace you. I didn't really want her to replace me. You know, I just wanted to do the right thing. And I'm like, oh, you were so close to almost growing as a character for a little bit. Damn it. (laughs) Which I think, too, as I have said before, I have this theory that Tom King is secretly and stealthily taking the piss out of Batman. And this was his way of saying, and you know what? And Batman never grows. And that's the problem with him. He'll come close to growing and then jump back on it is what he'll do. If that's what he's trying to do, he's absolutely right about it, though. If that was what you were aiming for, Mr. King, mission accomplished. You got it, buddy. You did it. Also, this issue, we didn't. We never even got to see what, like, what happened with like the other sidekicks like he took him to superman and put him in those weird chambers and that that was it we never see catwoman again we never see the henchmen again yeah no they just like bane's cool henchmen they disappear they disappear i mean i guess it's implied that when catwoman got free she freed the other sidekicks and they dealt with the henchmen but I might have liked to have seen that. I might have liked to have gotten some closure to that at least. Yeah, maybe we will in like the button. Maybe that has something to do with the button. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was unfortunate. <laughs> that one ended with kind of a thud. But next up, we got the button, and the button's got to be great, right? Oh yeah, I know it's going to be good because it's all been plotted out by Jeff Johns, and Tom King is only writing from ah. what Jeff Johns has given him. So. It's going to be good. There you go. There you go. He, he'd he have to try very hard to fuck this up. Yeah. And again, I don't hate Tom King. I don't hate his run. I just feel that, you know, a lot of his stuff is a lot of sound and fury for nothing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, like, build-up and, and, like, nothing at the end. He's great at build-up, though. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. He does do pretty well at build-up. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt, that you wanted to talk about? did i have i oh i had royals issue one yeah and we'll never be royal sorry i had to get that joke in it's contractually obligated all i could think of when i was reading that book is that stupid lord song 
<laughs> it gets stuck in your head, man. It's a fucking earworm of a song. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a really cool issue. It sprung out from Inhumans Prime and also Uncanny Inhumans, and we we just see the the Inhumans just as like normal people, more or less. They're like just a normal superhero team. There's no uh, monarchy anymore. There's no queen or king or anything anymore. So they're just sort of. Mm doing their own thing stopping they this issue they fight an inhuman who was left in their terrigen cocoon for too long so they turned into a monster and, interesting uh it ends with marvel boy sort of telling the inhumans what's going on and his sort of they, they, he kind of tells them his plan but not really uh we know he wants to go back to hala uh for whatever reason we're not really too sure yet and he says that the inhuman should come with him because he has a secret that he needs to tell them, but he can only tell them once they get to Hala. So they all board a starship mm. and head off to Hala, but that's not the end because we find out Medusa is actually slowly dying from something and her hair is falling oh, out. Oh shit. Oh no. Yeah, and that's where the comic ends. Everyone loves a good hero is dying storyline, right? That's uh, one of the things where it's like, now how do we put more drama into this? They're dying. I have a feeling this also has something to do with the current, uh, the the Marvel and Humans movie TV show that's coming out because we've seen pictures of um, Medusa on the set and she's got like short hair, so it might right, have something I heard to you do with theorizing that. that. Yeah. Hmm. It would make sense. Everything does seem to connect like this, doesn't it? Yep. I guess uh, I guess you talked about a Marvel book, so I should talk about a Marvel book. Uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 15, came out this week. Awesome. The Death of the Red Skull. Oh, I didn't nice. even fuck around when I was titling this video. I just called it Dead Skull. Nice. <laughs> It, uh, it actually dovetails at the end of uh, Uncanny Avengers number 22 because in that issue, Rogue and the rest of the X-Men get Xavier's brain out. And then in Steve Rogers' Captain America number 15, now that the skull is weak and now that he can get him, he goes after him and kills him to take control of Hydra once and for all. Nice. I need to catch up on them. We, we should do like a like a, a live stream where we sort of catch up on it or something. Yeah, we'll definitely have to. That's one for the future. We'll do a nice little primer on uh, Secret Empire when we get there for anyone who needs to get up to date. Because it's, it's a long-form story. Like, uh, Nick Spencer was dropping hints for this, like, in his Secret Avengers run. Yeah. Way back in, like, 2014. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot, a lot of stuff to go over. Because it's spread over many books. You're going to have to catch up on that. I'm going to have to read Thunder Thunderbolts. Because apparently a lot of stuff's been going on with Kobik and Bucky over in that book. Oh, God, yeah. i got to catch up on Thunderbolts as well. <laughs> Everybody forgets about Thunderbolts. In fact, I'm pretty sure Thunderbolts would have been cancelled by now. Were it not big and important to Secret Empire. What's that? What's the bet? It's probably going to get cancelled after Secret Empire. Well, here's the thing. Jim Zub is moving off that book to write Uncanny Avengers, so it's probably going to end right after Secret Empire. <laughs> it's going to serve its purpose just so it can serve this big event and be done, which, you know, is arguably a terrible way to publish your books, but hey, there it is. What I love about this issue so much, though, is that when... Steve is like beating on Skull when he's beating him to death. 
the Red Skull's like, no, you can't do this to me. You don't understand. I did this to you. This was me. This was all part of my plan. This isn't you. You're not acting like yourself, Steve. And he's like, I don't care. Thrown out window dead. (laughs) (laughs) So the Red Skull's plan came back and bit him in the ass super hard. And now that he's dead, like no one else knows. No one else really knows besides Kovic that uh, personal histories have been changed and that, you know, the universe has been altered now that he's dead. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. it's. I, I love this idea that he was so hoisted by his own petard and that this whole thing got out of control even for him. I kind of love that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's a great moment, too, where it's like, oh, well, you know, will will his daughter and Crossbones want revenge against him? No, they start bowing to him, and they're like, hail Captain America, head of Hydra. Oh, there you go. He's now both the head of Hydra and the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the same time. (laughs) He controls (laughs) both. Uh, That's awesome. Most definitely. So so that was a winner. That was a fun one. Uh, What else did you have, Matt? Uh, I, had I imagine a, we read a lot of the same things this week. At all new Wolverine issue nineteen. Oh yeah, that was this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, friggin' uh, Laura running around in her new costume. Yeah, she gets a new costume and it's a new story arc. This one's actually a really interesting one. So, as Wolverine and Gabby are on a mission, a comet hits New York, and uh, Riri Williams's Ironheart is there to stop it, and. An alien child gets loose, and the only words it says is Laura, <laughs> is Laura's name. And upon falling unconscious, it, it releases a contagion into, I think it was Roosevelt Island. And uh, within like a matter of minutes, S.H.I.E.L.D. is like cornered off the island, blowing the bridges, got, got the helicarriers over the top, aiming guns down, ready to glass the whole place. And... Um, they send in Laura to sort of figure out what's going on because Laura won't obviously get infected or anything, or if she does, she can't come back. So they give her, I think it's two days or a day or something to get the information she needs and find out how to cure this virus or they're just going to destroy Manhattan. Shit. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, That's pretty full extreme. On book. Yeah, pretty full on book. <laughs> Yeah, I know other people were telling me there was a lot of great cameos in this one that it really felt like a lived in New York, this issue. Yeah, yeah, we had Ironheart. We had, uh, I think there was a Spider-Man. There was uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, all these really great characters, S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. And yeah, it did feel like a lived in New York. Like the first thing Rui does is put out a message to all uh, heroes in the Manhattan area to stop moving. And it's like an all points bulletin sort of thing nice nice yeah i gotta catch up on that when i got my pad full of wolverines i need i need another long trip to catch up on these i need another long plane ride hey tell you what man i actually figured out uh, a family member is doing like a genealogy is doing a family tree apparently i have like a distant cousin in australia oh really Yes, apparently I have a distant cousin I never see in Australia. And I'm like, oh, maybe I think it's time to go see this cousin. (laughs) Maybe the next time there's a con in the Australian area so me and Matt can meet up and actually do a live show. We've worked together for like how long? Almost four years and we've never met each other in person. I know. I think it's time for a live show. I think it's time for a live comic multiverse where, you know what? We'll be at the same mic so it won't buffer and it won't fuck up. There you go. (laughs) 
people people will like that that one for certain uh I guess another book I read this week was uh, Champions, issue number seven, or as I called it on my channel, Heroes versus Copyright. <laughs> yeah, th this issue is really cool. I really like this issue. I, I like it too, and you know what? I'm a big fan of Champions, and it's funny because I probably got more angry comments in this issue than I did for ever, any other one. Like People loved the first issue, but they've gotten considerably angrier and angrier. Everyone leaves the same comment too for Champions, like, oh, this comic is cringe, which is a terrible descriptive word. I can see why I'm the critic and they're not because <laughs> it's like, yeah, but why though? Yeah, no one can ever seem to give an answer as to why. I get that every now and then, and I I did get one the other the other day. I can't remember what it was, but um, it was something about it being like like leftist propaganda or something. I can't remember. I, I know I deleted it because it was in my spam folder. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Which, yeah, you you usually when you start throwing those words around, it's basically you know a chance to not listen to someone. Where it's like, what do you consider leftist propaganda? Trying to be nice? Fighting against <laughs> evil bankers who illegally foreclose on people? You, you do know the face of evil is forever changing, right? You know Superman fought the Klan back in like 1930, right? On the radio, right? <laughs> That's my favorite thing. People are like, ah, this is all new and scary. It's really not. No. It's really not if you know your comic history. But yeah, I thought this was a fun issue. I think the freelancers are really interesting villains because they are the polar opposite of the champions, you know, champions who believe in things, who, you know, have very high ideals and want to change the world. Meanwhile, the freelancers just don't give a shit. They just love money. Yeah, they're just doing it for the money and, and for the for the hits, the hits. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the hit man, you know, they're 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 freaking sadists. And what's interesting about it is it's funny, a similar thing happened in Green Arrow this week too, where they're such sadists and so only care about money, they eventually like are considering turning on their evil bank master because they're like, Oh, he's telling us what to do. Did we mention we also don't like authority because we also don't like authority? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fun. And, of course, the big reveal, as we mentioned, about the whole copyright thing is that, you know, because the champions have such this, like, Gene Roddenberry utopian idea for themselves and be like, oh, we want to be more than a superhero team. We want to be a youth movement that everyone can take part of. They didn't bother to copyright their team name or team logo. Yeah, so the Which means the freelancers <laughs> bought it for money. That's amazing. And they're like, yeah, well, guess what? We're going to put it on all the shit you hate and you can't stop us. And I'm like, wow, what a vindictive teenage thing to do. And I'm like, oh, wait, of course. Yeah, these are teens fighting teens. Of course, their idea was, oh, we're going to, you know, destroy your reputation on social media and we're going to, like, copyright your thing. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't see, like, the actual Avengers fighting someone who would do that. But, like, to have, no. like, people, like, maybe around our age, maybe a little younger, do that. Like, it makes total sense. And it's something, like, people and would do nowadays what... as well. Absolutely, and that's why I love this book, because I think it really does capture the youth in a really interesting way. I'm like, man, what, what are they going to do next? Or, you know, are they going to, like, blow up their spam folders? Are they going to, like, you know, leave flaming shit bags on their doorstep? <laughs> Is that going to be the next step in this prank war? <laughs> Because it's like, how do you fight back against that? Oh, yeah, as Nerd Shark says, before you know it, they're going to start copyright striking their YouTube videos. <laughs> That's how they're really going to get them. Yeah, man, you know, I filed a bunch of false YouTube complaints against you. That'll show you. 
Got you banned from uh, League of Legends. That'll show you. <laughs> Man, now they really are fighting dirty. But yes, I, I like Champions, and I'm glad to hear you like Champions, too. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, they're they're dealing with problems that the other Avengers don't have to deal with, and that's why I think it is a cool book. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, I had Star Wars issue 30. Oh, yeah, that felt like there was a long patch there where there was no Star Wars books. Oh, there have been Star Wars books, just not the main Star Wars book. I think the main Star Wars book, and it's the reason why this arc felt so long, is I think it's bi-monthly. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but this one was the end of the Yoda arc that we've been getting from the Journal of Obi-Wan uh-huh. Kenobi, and it was it was pretty cool. It was, it was really long, as I said before, because it's a bi-monthly book. It makes you think the arc was longer than it is, but it was really just like a... I think it was like a five or six issue arc. And um, yeah, it just ended... And it ended in a really cool way because it sort of brought everything back in a circle, whereas Yoda's story connected up with Luke's as he lands on the planet Yoda was on and fights uh, the force user that was on the planet that Yoda sort of learnt and trained and kind of went against him and everything. So I thought that was really cool. And yeah, it, nice, it's just, nice. just like a recap of like what's been going on in that book as well as sort of capping off this end of the story. And it kind of ends on a way that I don't know whether it's going to tie into the next arc because I know the next arc actually ties in with the Dr. Aphra book. Um, but this uh, oh. this one looks like the the end of this book looks like they that Luke's trying to restart the heart of the planet or the heart of these creatures that are on the planet that the the force creatures and everything. Good luck with that. Yeah, he probably will do it because it's, it's all like force stuff and everything. It's really cool that they're really like um, given more depth to like the whole force mythology and everything about what it is and everything, which is really cool. That's good yeah i'm so far behind on star wars books i've only caught the odd darth maul just because i was traveling and i had the two of them with me and i'm like oh i'll read darth maul i really gotta catch up on those it sounds like you you always give such an amazing pitch for star wars it, it's an amazing book it's still jason aaron writing it and and for 30 issues yeah. he hasn't had a b- bad issue it's been an absolutely amazing book that guy's super busy between that and the Thor books and the Thor miniseries and Doctor Strange. He's coming off Doctor Strange. I wonder what they're going to put him on next. Yeah, they'll put him on something. I wouldn't be surprised where it's like, you know, we want you to do more Star Wars, actually. I'd be okay with that. I think he could write some killer Star Wars stories. You know what else was killer this week, Matt? Uh, Green Arrow number 20. Did you read it? I've read it, but I haven't reviewed it yet. This is this is literally everything I've wanted. I don't know if we've talked much about this arc in general, but this this is the rehab of Roy Harper. And I I mean that literally not figuratively. They don't actually send him off to rehab, but they might as well because the story deals with his drug addiction a lot. This is him returning to the Arrow family, returning to the Arrow fold. And it is so good. I had such a massive smile on my face when I started reading it because they're busting each other's balls and making fun of their bad costume choices over the years. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you, you like this book just because of the amount of Roy Harper and what it was doing with his past and everything. It was really good. 
there's a thing where the end where it's like, you know, the past and the present all converge together and you see him at this all important crossroad in his life. And, you know, back in the past, he chose to like run away from his problems. And here in the future, he chooses to meet it head on. And in a truly beautiful moment, he says, you know, basically, Ollie, you've been helping me my whole life. Now I see you're the one in need after losing your company and losing your credibility and all this other stuff. What can I do to help you? And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it, it's really cool to see them sort of coming back together. I wonder if he's going to actually stay in the book now. Uh, supposedly him, Black Canary, and everyone else are going to be part of the next, next arc, which is the Rise of Star City. Yeah, that's cool. And Rise of Star City is going to be bringing back a bunch of classic Green Arrow villains. Uh, Eddie is coming back, Eddie Friars. Uh, Brick is coming back again, and he's gotten a brand new redesign. He doesn't look like Afro Samurai anymore, which is unfortunate. I liked briefly in the Lemire book when he looked like Afro Samurai. And uh, Cheshire. Cheshire is coming back too, so Benjamin Percy will be able to write that meeting here in this book. I wonder what he'll do with that. Cool. I'm so excited for that. That's, that book's been so good. It's been really solid. Like like Percy was writing Green Arrow before DC Rebirth, but he's really hit his stride here, especially with this story. I would say as it stands right now, this story is like the diamond in the crown for his run. What, what was really cool about it as well, and it's something I don't think a lot of people really took notice of, he added some extra dimension to the villains because, you know, you have the Wild Dogs militia who are, you know, these, you know, racist outlaws beating up all these Native Americans for protests a pipeline through their land and then he gives that speech that i'm sure you've heard on the internet many times before where he's like oh you know you ivory tower heroes you just don't understand you know we needed them gerbs they took our gerbs <laughs> don't you know you know anywhere that's not a big city now might as well be a reservation and i'm like oh wow that's really sad and then you see like how he was actually how he didn't like broderick the guy in charge of queen industries right now and he was trying to you know like extort him for more money for him and his people and i'm like oh well, you know maybe this guy's more complicated than i gave him credit for and then we have a flashback where you see that this racist sheriff actually killed roy harper's adoptive father and it's like oh no wait he was an asshole all along he was just using it as an excuse okay we're cool we're cool <laughs> yeah he's still a shit heel <laughs> he's still a massive shit heel it's fine but roy didn't kill him anyway because he knew that that would be the wrong thing to do but yeah that that was an excellent story. That one ended on such a good note. Goddamn, I love Green Arrow, and I can say I love Green Arrow again. <laughs> I, re I really, really can. Uh, what else did you have going on, Matt? I, I had two more books and, like, at least three more that I haven't read yet. I'm going to have to actually read when we're done here to put up a video for tomorrow. Yeah, um, I read J Justice League issue 18. Right, I, right. I know this book's getting a lot of shit, but I, I kind of enjoy this new arc with the timeless and everything and what's been going on with that. And I, I have a feeling that it's probably going to feed into like the greater DC Universe rebirth storyline. Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm still reading it. Um, but it looks to be getting a little bit better now. I know, I think the next issue is the end of this timeless arc. And. It, it's been pretty cool it, it's been really weird though because of all the because all the heroes are in different times so you got like we got like arthur in uh when atlantis was still on the surface we've got barry back when just oh. back at the the night he got his powers with the lightning storm and everything 
um the green arrows are in uh the green lanterns are in the future uh where there's the earth lantern core now uh all these really cool oh like, shit all these really cool uh little universes the problem is this issue we don't actually get to see much of that which kind of bummed me out because they're kind of integral to the story because they have their own plots that have to converge at a certain time to fix what's going on right um but this issue we mainly spent with batman and superman Bat- batman actually got um lex luther's superman power armor this this issue oh um, nice he got it from the future because lex luther's daughter alexis works for the infinity corp and is from the future and brought it Ooh. back in time and whatnot oh the infinity corp is back and this again isn't the infinity corp from that story that uh what is it that uh, brian hitch never finished that other justice league story that he never yep. finished and, and there's references galore to that as well god damn it brian hitch did that book ever finish or did i just I, not care when it i finished? think it did finish but like at that point everyone was like so <laughs> i've been waiting for the trade you know come on come on hitch no one no one read the finale of that you made them wait too long don't pretend like people read that yeah I, that book that book was such a shame that it get, got um fucked up with the scheduling because it was really good and it was really good for someone like me it started likes, so strong who likes superman because it was all about him and everything it was it was a total superman story like that one started out like it was going to be great and then delays and everything else hit and by the end it's just like ugh. Yep. But hey, at least it's no uh, Dark Knight 3. Oh, God, yeah, that's still going. There's still one more issue left. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's been how goddamn long and there's one more issue left. That is, that's unforgivable. I know. It's... But also very Frank Miller. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh. So I had one last book this week, and that was uh, Nightwing number 18. And this was really cool i don't know i i guess the feeling you haven't been keeping up with nightwing recently haven't you matt i i kind of know where it's at and what what's happening but no i haven't read it since the superman crossover right uh Seely basically here in this newest thing he's doing a love letter to batman and day or to a uh, to dick and damien's time as batman and robin like back in 2007 to 2011 when grant morrison was writing the book mm-hmm He's doing a big love letter to that time period. They fight Professor Pig, who was the first villain they ever fought together. He brings him back. He makes him cool and interesting. And then he goes to the totally next level by revealing that Pig and everything bad that's been happening to Dick since he showed up in Bloodhaven was actually the work of Dr. Hurt. Do you remember Dr. Hurt? Vaguely. Dr. Hurt was the big main overarching villain for Grant Morrison's Batman run. They never quite explained his origin. They implied that he might have been Bruce Wayne's father. They implied that he might have been his brother. He might have been the devil. He might have been a time-traveling member of the Wayne family. But he's back now. And apparently he cut Dick with a knife that made him see all these alternate realities wherein Dick Grayson existed in. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's some crazy shit that they're bringing back Dr. Hurt. That's that's amazing. I, I couldn't believe they went there and they went there. That's awesome. That is awesome. It's just a really fun issue, too. You know, again, it's Seely really does love the idea of teaming up Dick and Damien together, where, you know, Dick is happy, go lucky and fun loving and everything. And Damien is kind of dark and morose and everything. And it's it's really well done to see all these villains and all these storylines 
where it's like, you know, maybe maybe you ditch these a little too prematurely. And also, Matt, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the uh, the thing. Oh, it stopped for a second and came back. Oh, yeah, really? We went offline for like a second. Yeah, we went offline for like a second. <laughs> Man, the joys of doing a live show. Am I fucking right? Yeah, God. I'm I'm done though talking about books I've read this week. Do you do you have anything left? No, no, I've still got books I need to read. Same here. I need to read to get one up for tomorrow. Actually, I I dragged ass all day playing around with my new cable box and psyching myself up for this show. I put on pants, everyone, because I thought we were going to be on camera. <laughs> I really did. So did so did I. I even put a I Superman we... shirt on. You did. I saw that briefly, man. We we dressed for the occasion, and in the end, it totally didn't matter. But with any luck, Matt will play around with this a little bit more because he has been upgraded to tech person. And hopefully, hopefully next week, if you like this and it turned out good, maybe we're going to make this a regular thing. In fact, I think we should make it a regular thing because now we have Super Chat because YouTube is trying to be more like Twitch, which means you can give Matt some nice donations here on his channel. And also, if you're a fan of myself and you haven't subscribed to Matt yet, please do because YouTube has once again gone and YouTube things up because soon they're going to start taking away – uh, people's abilities to put ads and make money off their videos if they have less than 10,000 subscribers. Yeah, so that, that, help that, Matt continue so, to do this. That's fucking awful. Like, that makes no sense. That's going to cost them in the long run. That'll cost them the next PewDiePie, the next whatever, because it's like, okay, you're taking away people's abilities to do this as a career Yeah. right away. I mean, I'm sure their greedy reasoning behind it is like, you know, oh, well – we spend so much money just having to digitally send all these payments out and everything of like five, ten, fifteen dollars. Why should we even bother? Well, then they're Let's not going to get any traffic. For... Yeah, that's 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 really lame on their part, and it's just going to push people more to Patreon and to Twitch and to everything else where you can make money and you can make donations anyway. I think too, it has something to do with uh, the fact that they lost a bunch of sponsors recently, or they lost a bunch of advertisers, oh, okay. and this is the ripple effect. For it. Oh. This is the big ripple effect. It's uh, it's pretty pretty lame. But uh, yeah, ex exactly, chat. Money, money, y'all. And I hate to talk about the dirty business side of this because it distracts from the fun, but I just thought you should all know what was going on and why we might be seeing the show over here to to be streamed live. You can still catch it regular date, regular time over on uh, the Cape Joel channel. You can still download it and carry around with you on SoundCloud. But I figured let's experiment with live stuff. Let's experiment with video because that kind of seems to be where the future is going. Yeah. That's that's where the future is. <laughs> you guys are strong. Thank you, Finn Soto. We are strong. That feels very nice. So again, thank you everyone who came out and stuck around. We had at least 30 people at one point. Again, apologize for the buffering issue. We're going to try really hard to fix that in the future. You'll be able to listen to a full uncut non-fucked up version later on in the week. But thank you for coming out here for this trial run. So, you know, there there you go, everyone. There was Comic Multiverse 52. Here's to 52 more episodes in the future. Right, Matt? Yeah, a thousand more years, a thousand more seasons. A thousand more seasons. Get us our Sesuan sauce. Matt, welcome to the darkest year of our podcasting with cameras. <laughs> And live streams and getting it all started. This truly is the darkest years of our adventures. <laughs> uh, 
but yes, yeah, so thank you everyone for showing up to this. You know, again, don't forget to subscribe to Matt's channel and don't forget to check us out on all our social medias to stay up to date on when we're going to be coming out with more videos. So again, thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.